finally some football news here in New England. Bill Belichick and the Patriots have signed Cam Newton to a one-year deal. It's good for around a million bucks. Incentives up to $7.5 million. Hopefully he gets every dime of that money because that'll mean he won the Super Bowl. But this adds so much excitement to the season. I was excited, period, to see if Stidham or Hoyer was going to be the starter. Um, But Cam Newton, he was an MVP two years ago. What he can do just on the ground, he's such a big dude. He's he's not easy to tackle. It's going to be exciting to see what the Patriots do with him under center. But the question is, and the question that I asked Cam in this podcast is, is he definitely going to be the starter or is the Stidham era still going to start this year? So without further ado, Couch Coaches is back. Here we go. Okay, we're good. Testing, testing. Okay, cool. So, should yeah, we have an should we have an intro like a welcome to Couch Coaches? Nah, we're not there. I yet. mean, I I used to do that. I know um, I like that. Should I keep doing that? I liked it. Well, I was going to get the Morgan Freeman impersonator to to make an intro for us. That would be great. That would, that be, would really be good. Funny. That, that would, would be, really be good. Funny. All right. So wait. So f- first things first is you were completely against Cam Newton coming here. I, I made a video about you were, it. I saw that. I watched the whole video. And let me just get your knee-jerk off reaction about you being completely against Cam Newton. It yep. wasn't just like you were a little bit against Cam Newton coming here. Yep. You, you threw out a few names and you said, I would rather have, I think you said Nick Foles. I would rather have a couple other guys Probably. before Cam Newton. Probably. So where do you stand right now on that on that? statement there right right now okay so on the statement i was completely 100,000 percent wrong i was wrong i'm totally okay saying that i was 100 percent wrong um yeah. as a patriots fan i'm fired up i like it was one of those things where like it was almost like your dad when you were a kid being like you should really try this and you being like no i don't i like i don't, I don't like that and he's like you never had it before you don't know and finally you like come around and being like all right i'll, I'll try it and you take one bite and you're like, wow, that changed my world. That was so good. Changed my world. So now I look at Cam Newton on, in, in New England and I'm like, I am fired up for this football season. Like this season's going to be sick. New England goes from the unknown at quarterback to possibly being Brian Hoyer or the Young Buck to now you have an ex-NFL well, an NFL MVP of a couple of years ago, 2015, I want to say. And uh, how can you not be excited? I'm fired up. He's out there throwing with Muhammad Sanu. Julian Edelman's posting pictures. And, like, after he got signed, I checked out his Instagram. His Instagram's full of him, like, doing legit workout videos. He's got this video of him doing tricep pushdowns, like, band tricep pushdowns. I'm like, I do those. And then he turns around, and he's just like, all I know is work. And you're like, oh, my God. Like, I need to go work out, like, yesterday. Like, like right now, I need to go do something. And so, like, as a so, Pats fan, I'm fired are you up. are you 110 percent that he's going to be starting come week one? So, he, like, he's the starter. I, I I would never say that he's going to be the starter because you sign a guy like that on that contract because you want competition, and I think it's right. going to be an open competition in camp. And like, if you're Belichick, you can't be out come out and be like, we signed Cam Newton to be the starter because that completely kills the Brian Hoyer and Stidham train. Um, but what I do think that it is, is I, I, like I said, I think it's an open competition. You go into camp, you say, Hey, whoever's going to win this thing, go win it. Like everybody's going to have their equal snaps in preseason, whatever it may be. 
but you set yourself up for a really, really good scenario working into the season. Because you think about it, you either have Cam Newton start, which means that he's a dog in the preseason and he balled out and you're like, hell yeah, let's get this thing going. Or you have Brian Hoyer start, which means kind of the same along the same lines as Stidham in the terms of he just beat out Cam Newton. Like there's got to be something there. Yeah. Or you have Stidham and you've got the young buck who, like, if he's starting, he knows the offense. He knows the system. We know he's got the natural ability. We know he's got a little, little, a little giddy up to him. He's got a little, he's got some wheels. And if Stidham's the guy, then you're fired up because you're like, he just beat out Cam Newton. There's got to be something to him. Let's see what's going on. Yeah. But like the, the one thing that I really question is the contract is really something that's something to look at because 500,000 is really the only guarantee for the Cam mm-hmm. Newton contract. I'm I'm really curious about how Cam Newton's agent went to Bill Belichick and what, what Bill Belichick was thinking about Cam Newton, because if you have a former NFL MVP, like you mentioned, um, and he, he's incredibly talented. Yes. If you can get him at the league minimum and just put an incentive based contract in front of him and just say, come to training camp, yeah. that does not indicate that you are not high on Jared Stidham. And We've also talked about this too. I don't think we really understand exactly where Jared Sidham sits because Bill Belichick gives nothing to the media ever. Doesn't give anything. He said some really positive things about Sidham, but also he kept the door open about signing another free agent quarterback. So we really don't know if Jared Sidham was really showing some some good stuff last year during practice and Bill Belichick was saying this is the next guy or Bill Belichick could also be saying let's wait and see what happens next preseason he he's a fourth round draft pick he maybe he's going to be a dude who gets cut at some point we really yeah. don't know it, it it really does it's kind of funny cuz i look back on my my takes and they're pretty fiery you know i was pretty fired up on Stidham i still am fired up on Stidham i think that if he does get the chance and if he like if he does beat out Cam Newton He's the guy. He's proved it. Let's see what the kids got. And clearly there's something there because he just beat out Cam Newton. But if he doesn't, it, it, it goes along the lines of what you're saying, which there's so much to the unknown right now. There's so much that we don't know about Sidham. There's so much that we don't know about, you know, what he's what he's like in practice, if he's making the right reads. Um, so, so I think that that is a, a major factor in why you bring in a guy like Cam Newton because you've seen what he can do. You've seen him at, a, at an MVP caliber, and you hope that you can just get a fraction of that back because if you do, you've got yourself a football team that could be a contender, you yeah. know. And so, and, and but I, that's the, that's the thing that I love about the contracts. I do want to talk about the contract. To me, that contract that tells me that Cam Newton. I, I love it because it's it's it goes along the lines of Brady where you bet on yourself. You know that you've put in the work. You know that you're ready to go. You know that you can compete at the highest level. And I love the fact that Cam Newton was like, hey, you don't want to guarantee me money? That's fine. I'll take the signing bonus, and I'll show you how good I am, how much I have left in the tank. This could be well, a one- I, I really think – don't do me to cut you. I, I really think that's all about him and the market and what – I mean, where else was he going to go? Was he going to go? The Chargers didn't want any piece of him. They're really high in Tyrod Taylor. And think about Cam Newton going out to the market and going to different teams. And a lot of teams are set. Think about the Broncos with, who's the quarterback there? Is it, Drew is Locke. it Locke? Yeah, Drew, Drew Locke. Locke. Like, essentially, what are you going to do? Are you going to go out and try to get 5 to $10 million bucks for a one-year deal and then not really, I mean, not not essentially be in the mix for being the starter or are you going to go to New England where you have a fourth-round draft pick who's in his second year? How many fourth-round draft picks are good to go in their second year, dude? Yeah. How often I mean, are they good I'm, to go? 
How many and guys I think, in general? We see, we see how many times do we see rookies ball out in their first year and then they have the sophomore slump? There's something very real to the sophomore slump. Aside from like Patrick Mahomes, like there's there's no such thing for him. But like, but they, also with the at, comments, also with the comments that you're hearing from a lot of the players saying they're they're impressed with how quickly he's taken to the offense. I think there is some some contextual stuff that you need to think about. He's a fourth round draft pick. I mean, if that was a first round draft pick, would the players be as impressed? That's the stuff that I kind of wonder about. Like Stidham, like how many fourth round draft pick quarterbacks are out there that are the guy for teams? Are they just impressed by him because they didn't expect much, or like that's that's a that's good point? I, I see what you're saying because I, I always kind of go into it with the opinion with draft picks at least is that it's like once you're drafted, nobody cares. You know, once you're drafted, it's like hey, whatever, man. They're they're in the NFL now; it doesn't matter. But the way that you're putting it in the terms of like, are they impressed with him because he's actually doing really well, or are they impressed with him because they were like, that's Brady's backup; he's a fourth rounder; he'll be on another team in three years. And yeah. he's actually, you know what I'm saying? So I, I do get what you're, what you're getting at with that. And I think it's a really good point. Is Jarrett Stidham showing legitimate NFL talent or are guys on the team impressed because they didn't expect much and he's doing okay. And that's, that's really kind of what we're looking at with this. So, I mean, I, I, we don't know. We've seen the preseason stuff from him and he looked, he looked good in the preseason, no doubt about it. But at the same time, you look at that, that again, the, the question marks behind Cam Newton, the, not the question mark, but the unknown with Cam Newton and how good that guy could be and how good you've seen him be in the NFL at the highest level of football. And it, you, there's no, you had, I don't know a Patriots fan who was like bummed out by that signing. Like I'm, I'm fired up and I was pretty much as, as against it as you could be. I feel like an absolute clown. Well, I think when you were against it, though, I think you were assuming that Cam Newton was going to get what Cam Newton deserves in right. terms of a contract. You were thinking, are the Patriots going to pay him $10 million, $15 million? Yeah. And don't mean to pat myself on the back here. Again, people were calling me a clown. People were calling me an idiot for saying, if he wants to come in here, get an incentive-based contract, prove himself, and maybe get a contract in the long term. I called that. <laughs> people exactly what happened. That's exactly yeah. what happened. And. I mean, that, I, I knew that was the only situation where Bill Belichick was going to sign somebody like him, especially with the salary cap where it's at now. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. All, all this is just so interesting because there's so many unknowns with Cam Newton. There's unknowns with Jared Stidham. And we talked about this with, with the Brian Hoyer, Jared Stidham conversation is that every time you ask somebody about Jared Stidham and you go on the Patriot Facebook pages, they're, they're, they're ride or die. Jared Stidham, they're getting the Stidham jerseys and you ask them the question, why do you like Stidham? And it's always because, uh, because he's just really awesome. Like we don't know anything about this dude. Like you, you are, all these people are as high on Jared Stidham as they were with Danny Etling. And that dude is now working at long John silver somewhere. He's non-existent. People loved him in his preseason games. Remember yeah. the, the rush that he had on the right yeah, side of the field, like one, an 80 yard rush? Like 60. Yeah, I was sick. People thought he was going to be the next guy. And it's based on nothing. Yeah. Right? You're 100% you're right. No, it, it's true. It's it's 100% true. Because once, once you break in, it'd be different. Let me put it this way it'd be different if Stidham had done the Jimmy Garoppolo route where he had gone in for a four game where, you know, God forbid, you know, Brady had gone down or something and he had gone in and balled out, you know, 20 for 25, two tugs, pulling out a 14 point win, whatever, whatever it may be. It'd be different if he had gone in and done that. But he never had that chance. It was all preseason. Basically, what yeah. we went off of with Jared Stidham was the you know 
60 or so 90 or so throws he had in the preseason and people were fired up about it. And there's, it's a little off base for sure. I think that it's not completely ridiculous because he did do well. It'd be different if he had gone in and stunk it up in the preseason. He didn't, he went in and he played well, but I, I agree with what you're saying. There's still so much unknown behind him. Like could like legitimately unknown as opposed to a guy like Cam. I mean, that being said, he did look really good in those preseason games. You broke down the games, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. On, yeah. on your channel? Okay. Yeah. But also, they, there was a lot of wide-open throws there. For and, sure. I mean, how much do you read into preseason? Is that something to... For for me, I look at it and I'm really trying to see if they're making the right reads. Is he throwing balls into traffic and his receivers are better and that's why they're catching it? Or is he making the right reads and throwing guys open? Um, is he making, you know, the, the throws that you need to make to be an NFL quarterback? And I, I saw like really the preseason in my eyes is how well does he know the offense? And Stidham, like it looked like he was picking it up and doing well. And I don't think that this is a death sentence for Jared Stidham either. And that's something that I do want to put out there. I I, I don't think that this is a, oh, well, that was fun. Like, I, I think that there is still, the future is still bright in my eyes for Jared Stidham because we don't know what could happen with this Cam Newton thing. Cam Newton, I could see it in a couple of ways. Cam Newton could come to New England, ball out, take New England to the divisional AFC championship, right? Obviously, I'm very hopeful for that. Um and then go and be like, all right, I'm back. I need a big time contract. And then we could be like, dude, we're not going to pay you that. And then we're in the exact same position next year where we're looking at Stim and saying he's probably going to be the guy. But at that point, at least you've got two years under your belt of being in the quarterback room, being in the meetings, being in practice and getting good reps in. So it, yeah. it, it'll be really interesting to see how this plays out with Cam Newton next year in my eyes. And I, I, like I said, you said it the other day where you were like, I could see him getting cut by July 4th, by the Independence Day, jokingly, obviously. I yeah. hope that yeah. doesn't happen. I hope this isn't uh, like a, like a Antonio Brown. Uh, Joey Galloway was another dude, the Pat sign. Reggie Wayne were these guys who you're like, oh, wow, like that turned some heads. And then two weeks later, they're gone, you know? Yeah. I, th- there's a guy on YouTube that he he breaks down quarterbacks. That's his whole YouTube channel. And uh, QB I school? gotta send him your. He's I think that's QB. who it is. Yeah, he's awesome. just one dude. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He, so yeah, he's, he's breaking he's, down he's, George he's really Love, good. and I, I actually learned a lot from him in a lot of his videos. And he was talking about Jordan Love and how that type of a dude is somebody who needs to have like three years in a system, learning underneath somebody like Aaron Rodgers. And he was talking about like quarterbacks that are, are are drafted a little bit deeper. And he always says, it's almost like a lot of these guys like Stidham and he was talking about Stidham. He's got the talent, but there isn't a lot on film from him in college that shows you he's going to be an NFL ready quarterback in the first like one to two years. He says like when, when somebody's drafted that deep, they almost need to have that two years of learning underneath veteran quarterbacks before they even have their shot. Because if you throw them into the mix too early, a lot of times like their, their mental can get, can get screwed up. And I know Stidham is a, a, he's got great character and that's one of the things that people rank him high on is I guess like with, with his whole life with like changing families, like that whole thing and, mm-hmm. and that pe- people like to read into that, but young quarterbacks, you do not want to throw them into the mix before they're ready. Yeah, especially I mean, like a fourth rounder. Dude, and how many times have we seen that? Even with first rounders, where yeah. these guys who they put literally the weight of a franchise on their shoulders and they crumble because it's it's 
mean, it's so much different. Like you, you hear the, the QB school guy, and I feel like an absolute clown right now because I don't know his name off the top of my head. But you hear him he's all the brilliant. time. Talk, he's great. Talk, he's, he's awesome. I, I, he's got a ton of subs. Um, 74th. I can't remember his name, though. Damn it. Um, but th- you see him talk about it all the time where he talks about uh, pro open and he talks about pro open and college open JT O'Sullivan. Thank you. Jesus. I was going to bug me. JT O'Sullivan. He, he got, he was a, he was a late round guy. Um, he's out of UC Davis, but um, you hear him talk about all the time, like pro open college open, right? College open is three, four yards. Pro open is a guy five inches away from you, you know, and that's, uh, that's a huge difference. And a lot of times you, we see the first round guys who struggle with that. We see guys like Jamarcus Russell, who there was a number of reasons why he didn't, he wasn't successful in the NFL or a guy like Vince Young, who like, you know, it's Those are two bad There's, examples though. I mean, Jamarcus no, Russell was Jamarcus Russell's a bad tapes. Yeah. And then that's a Jamarcus, bad Jamarcus Russell, like they gave him a binder full of blank DVDs and they were like, tell me about this tomorrow. And he would come back and be like, the pressures on that were insane. And they were like, there was nothing on those DVDs. <laughs> right. You know, um, but yeah, you, but anyway, the the bottom line though is that you see guys who you know there, there's a lot of hope for them in that first round area, and they end up crumbling under it. So why would you go and hope that a fourth rounder could go and do that? The the thing in New England that I think is funny is that we're as fans we are used to the anomaly of just because he's a sixth round guy doesn't mean he can't ball, which is true. That's a hundred percent true. But that takes time. Even Brady had he had a, a year under his belt before he no, was with, he, he no, was he was a rookie. Yeah, that's he was right. A rookie. So he, he he had even a little bit of time under his belt. But it's 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 an interesting philosophy, and it's an interesting um, it's just an interesting situation with these quarterbacks who are drafted early, you know. And like I said, we're used to the anomaly of like, hey, anybody can yeah. go out there and ball. And it's like, dude, no, I, I was getting I was getting beers with Dennis last night. We went down to uh, one of the restaurants pretty close to here. And we were talking about Stidham and we were talking about the, like how excited we were about Cam Newton. And um, I don't know where the conversation exactly went, but he said, who was the last like, do you ever hear about rookie quarterbacks that have their first start in that year? And then they go and win the Super Bowl. He's like, it's probably never happened before. I was like, there's one guy that I could probably want to take a guess about. <laughs> I can take a swing at that question. Yeah. And Tom, it was Tom Brady. And then I think one guy in like the eighties or the seventies or something. I forget who exactly it was. I think it's only happened twice, but rookie yeah, that, winning the Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a really good point because people like to throw that in, in the comments of my Instagram when we're talking about Stidham is like, you need to give Stidham a chance. When, when I was talking about Hoyer and saying Hoyer really has a shot to start, they would always say like, how are you going to know about Stidham if you don't give him the chance? Like look at Brady and Tom Brady's just a complete like anecdotal. Uh, you, you, I mean, it's, it's almost like testing a drug in the FDA and 90% of the time it kills people. Then there's like one case where it saves their life and being like, look at that one. Yeah. Like that we should get this drug so, out there really quickly. While we are talking about this, Brady did not win the super bowl as a rookie. Brady won the super no? bowl. In th- no, he was drafted in 2000. So yeah, he even had a year under his belt. Did he? Yeah. I'm looking at the stats right now. 2000. He had one game played one completion, three attempts. And then second year, 2001, is when he won the Super Bowl, obviously. So uh, it's, okay. it, it, takes, it takes time, and, and that's kind of the, the thing about it. And Like, that's, like I said, we're, we are used to the anomaly in New England of 
you know, even though they're a sixth rounder, they can come in and play them. Like I said, it happens. It, it's not what like- exactly what exactly takes time though, because I think for like fans like me, I, I know you're into the X's and O's. Mm-hmm. Is it the speed of the game? Is it speed like the, the depth of the offense and yeah, stuff like so- that? Especially in today's offense, like you look, like I think Marcus Mariota is a phenomenal example because the whole thing with Mariota, Jared Goff's another one, like those two guys specifically coming out of college, going to the NFL, play calls are completely different. Play calls are an entire sentence long. They're not like that in college. In college, it's, you know, three things. You know, our offense that we called when I was, you know, coaching college. I love, I love Gruden's calls. It'll be like banana left, slot, right, yeah. 97 corner. Yeah, it's it, but but, le- like but legitimately, it's there is a call and there's a tag for each receiver on the field, and it, it just takes a long time to a learn the offense. B the speed of it is insane. The the jump from high school to college is crazy, right? I've seen that jump, and then the jump from the college to NFL is even is, is just as insane. But we're not talking like Division two, you know, Midwest school in the middle of nowhere jump to the NFL. We're talking about like. Jumping from LSU to the Cincinnati Bengals for Joe Burrow, for example, that speed difference is going to be absolutely incredible for Joe Burrow to to go and overcome. And especially, this is another thing that I I don't think we're talking about with Stidham and with, with new guys in general coming in to learn the offense or to learn the defense, whatever. They're not on the field right now. They're doing stuff like we're doing right now when a coach is trying to tell them over a Zoom meeting, okay, when this happens in this situation, you got to do this. And it's like, this it, it like I said, it's all great on paper. It's all great on paper. It's all great, you know, when you fire up Madden and you're be able to read a defense and all that stuff. But once you get on the field, it's completely different. It is completely and, and also they just canceled two more preseason uh, games. Right. So a part of me, like a little part of me, is a little bummed that Cam Newton got signed because I really wanted Brian Hoyer to take that first snap in Week One, so yeah. I could just throw a middle finger, throw one another video, to everybody. Up. A little bit selfish, but hey, you get you got to you get to send a little middle finger out there to everybody who said they wouldn't sign Cam Newton, including me. True, that's true. Um, dude, what about what about like the so people say the Patriots offense specifically since Tom Brady was in? I don't know if it's going to be more dumbed down for the next quarterback, but it seemed like they had these almost like wide receiver options where it was based on where the DBs were positioned. Is yeah, this true or am I, am I making no, this up? No, hundred percent. They would run different routes based on where DBs were, were spotted up. Absolutely. So the, the, there's a number of different names for it. The one that I'm familiar with is a choice. They call it a choice route. And it's, there's there's routes like that everywhere for outside guys there's routes like that for guys in the slot there's routes like that for tight ends it's all based off of where that defender's leverage is and that's something that you just kind of get to know as you go with this would be a great topic for quarterback adam because he could really lay it out for you but if for instance like you look at you look at the play that new england tore up the rams with right that hoss wide juke that's what they call it um or at least that's what it's called. That's what it's called. Hoss wide juke. juke. Yeah. So for, for the, the number three receiver, if you're running it out of empty and you have three on one side, two on the other, the number three receiver on the three receiver side, he has what's called a choice route. And based off of the defender's leverage, that's where he's going to break his route. If the, if you have a linebacker who's apexed, right, lined up in between the receiver and the tackle, we're going to bring and, and as the receiver, you're farther outside of him than where he is. Right based on where he is on the field, you're going to run that route 
I would imagine, at him, and then you're going to break it to the outside because that's where the leverage is. If you have a defensive back or a nickel corner or whatever who's lined up on top of you, you might break that thing to the inside. Or if it's zone and they split out and they're matching or they're spot dropping, you're going to shut your route down right now and turn around the quarterback. That, That takes time. That's something that you can't do over a Zoom meeting. I'm sorry, you can't. You gotta, you, you gotta have that it. chemistry too with the wide receiver, right? Exactly. I mean, you, exactly. You gotta have that chemistry. Yeah, hundred percent. And that's that's one of the things that you look at with guys like Edelman, guys like Welker, guys like Gronk, like those three dudes, and and a, a plethora of other receivers that have come through New England and, and done well. That's something that they do really well. And it's the same thing on the outsides. If a corner's playing eight yards off. Don't run the vert, run the curl. Like, uh, and we'll both know it's something that's you, obviously it's super hard to defend, um, but it's it gives you an advantage offensively, clearly. Um, but but again, like you said, it's something that takes chemistry. It's something that takes time. It's it's not something that you can talk to a quarterback over a Zoom meeting and be like, all right, they're good to go. Let's see you week one. Like it's it just won't. It just doesn't <laughs> doesn't translate. You know, it just doesn't translate, dude. It, it feels like this season is not like this. Feels so ridiculous that I don't think the football season is gonna gonna end up happening. It's like Tom Brady's in Tampa Bay. Cam yeah. Newton's here. I'm here like that. My favorite cadence by far, besides Tom Brady, of course, is here in Cam Newton with the great ring. cadence call. Yeah, great love it. cadence call. Love. What did he? <laughs> great cadence. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, one of my favorite videos from Cam Newton is, uh, I think it was Clay one, Matthews. Go, yeah, the one against the Packers. It's a wheel route. It's a wheel route. And then he yeah. goes, "You've been watching film. Watch this." Yeah. Not gonna lie, if you asked me about Cam Newton probably two weeks ago, I'd be like, "Hate him." But now <laughs> we embrace him with open arms here yeah. in New England. <laughs> it's pretty it's it's pretty close to an Antonio Brown situation. I feel like for you. I, I think it's, this is your Antonio Brown moment. It's it's close. It's close, just minus a lot of crazy. It like it's right. it's it's very close to it, but you don't have the baggage that you did with Antonio Brown. That's for sure. So, but dude, like I'm I'm so like I, I just keep thinking about like Cam Newton lining up an empty. And they got five wide out there and defense is like, obviously they, they have to go into their dime or whatever. And like Cam Newton running QB power. Basically I'm fired up because Dude, there could be more running. The, uh, running me too. The me too. Me too. <laughs> like, I'm more I, but I wonder how often they're going to run with him. I'm like, like how, how are the Patriots going to protect him with the injuries that he's had? Yeah. Like how often this, this is going to be so exciting to see what Bill Belichick does. Oh, it's going to be uh, dude, Belichick mainly McDaniels McDaniels with this offense salivating at the thought of it. Like, and this is another thing that I like that, that you talk about with Cam Newton, like his scrambling ability in the pocket is obviously unreal. We've seen him do that against the Pats when they played at Carolina. That was a, a while ago, but he, dude, he broke like six tackles and took off for like a 15 yard game. you're like, dude, what, the, what do we need to do to this guy? You were at that game? At that game, yep, that was a heartbreaker. They um, lost that one. Yeah, remember that was the one where Luke Keekley literally just tackled Gronk out of the way of the football, no flags, <laughs> and Tom Brady went up and just ripped a ref. He was letting him have it. Um, I think I wasn't the driver to that game, so I think I got pretty toasted. So I don't remember. Daddy, you know, is juiced. Daddy got juiced at that game. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, the, and another, uh, what I was going to say is another thing that's so exciting about this is since I've been watching New England Patriots football, and probably you too, because Drew Bledsoe wasn't the most mobile of quarterbacks, we've never, as fans, ever had a quarterback who we could be like, this dude could take off for 20 easy. Like that's Doug never Flutie. happened. 
Huh? Doug Flutie? Yeah, I, I, he was on the roster. He could move, but not like Cam Newton. He, I mean, he could. Yeah, no. Man, it's exciting, dude. Like goal line. It's stuff, so exciting. Goal line. Lining up in like 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 how Florida used to line up. I guarantee you, we see some like Tim Tebow stuff this year out of Cam Newton in New England. Dive into those into that film. That'd be so cool, dude. How excited do you think the running backs are at this point to to for, for Cam just to even hand off the ball and fake a run to the right side and open things up a little oh. bit? Like it's 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 really going to open things up. But it's also Joe Tooney, what's going to happen with Joe Tooney this year? That's a big I deal. Hope, I hope they sign him. Joe, I, I did a why, how, how good is Joe Tooney video, and uh, Joe Tooney is a, an absolute freak. Uh, that dude is so good. And I know I talk about it a lot on, the, on our podcast. Um, Joe Tooney is so good. He's so, like, legit. He's locking up, not locking up, but he's having snaps where he's locking up Aaron Donald in the Super Bowl. And then you're like, that's the best pass rusher in the game interior right now. And he's like locking him up. He's one armed locked out. Aaron Donald's not touching 12. Just like he's so technical. He's so physical. He does everything right. His angles are perfect. Like he's a stud of a football player. I, New England hasn't traded him yet because I really believe that they're trying to sign him long term because I, I sure as hell would. The dude is a legitimate top three guard in the NFL. I think that he's as good as Quentin Nelson. He he just doesn't get the he just he hasn't yelled continuously screamed and then decapitated somebody on the football field like Quentin Nelson has. Quentin Nelson is very good too, um, dude. Also, do you think do you think if Isaiah Wynn mm-hmm. didn't have injury problems, do you think the Patriots would be more apt to let him hit the market and just let him go? Because Isaiah, Tooney? if you if, yeah, if you lose Isaiah Wynn again to another injury, and then you lose Joe Tooney, yeah. that whole line is is trash. The entire left side of the line is very, very, very shallow now. And who um, do we have? Like that dude from Wake Forest that we we drafted. Yeah, I like tackle. I like right? him. I I liked him a lot. There's a dude that they drafted from Arkansas last year, uh, Hijalti Froholt, who's who's good. He had some really good snaps against Alabama, but he was injured last year. So again, you look at the offensive line and outside of Tooney and Isaiah Wynn, like those guys, you they need to be healthy. You have to have those guys healthy. And that's another that's another thing for Cam Newton. Like, you've got probably the best offensive line you've ever had in New England. Cam Newton gets hit a lot, a lot. And it's not necessarily because he's taken off and run on the rock. It's because the protection isn't always there. Um, so that's another thing for Cam Newton that's really interesting, is like he's got some pretty good offensive linemen surrounding him now david andrews coming back tooney shaq mason um i'm oh marcus cannon, cannon. marcus cannon's an yeah. absolute stud of a right tackle when when marcus cannon is on he's a very very good right tackle and uh, you know isaiah Wynn is a guy who's he's got to stay healthy but it, when he's healthy he's another one who's a solid left tackle i think he's gonna have yeah. a phenomenal career too it's all about the health though He's basically been out the first two years of his career has been yeah. out for the whole season, the first year, and then 10 games the second year. Yeah. I don't know if they were just being cautious with that, but remember watching tapes of new house meant you got to Marshall like, pulling somebody like, yeah, yeah. He was just an open door. Yeah. He's, I, I think he was a little past his prime cause he had some great snaps in Oakland. Um, he was like, he was really, really good. And he's also just a monster of a human being. I think that they were hoping he would be like Trent Brown, but, Obviously, it's really tough to get Trent Brown 2.0 in the house. Um, but Marshall Newhouse, you know, 
feast or famine kind of guy, and he he definitely did not. <laughs> he didn't he didn't have the the snaps that we all wanted him to have in New England. So how how true was that video that I sent you from that lineman Instagram account, where it was just like the different types of of linemen, and then it was like the first guy walked through the door. It was an alcoholic lineman and it was yeah. the tag. And then the second guy walks through as alcoholic lineman. Yeah. Then the third guy was like the married lineman. Yeah. Is that, is that true? Or are they just boozers in college? Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, but I, everybody's a boozer in college. I've, I've yet to meet a football player. Well, no, that's not true. There are definitely some football players in college who are like, no, I don't drink. Um, those are usually strange cats, but I'm sure they're, they're good dudes. But yeah, like, all linemen in college that I that I've coached and played with, we we get after it when we when we need to. We get after it. We're no <laughs> we're no stranger to crushing a thirty rack. No stranger. Man, the one thing um, oh, I just lost my thought. What was I just gonna say? Fuck! It was gonna be funny too. Just completely <laughs> floated off. Um, we're talking about linemen, 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 offensive linemen. Marshall I don't know. House. Damn it. Say it's man. gone. I don't know. It's gone. Um, oh, oh, that's what it is. I like what I've come to a conclusion on, on 80% of football fans, especially in new England. They yeah. think that Tom Brady just passes the ball and there's just like a bunch of fat guys in front of him. Like <laughs> they, I think they think you could go down to Buffalo wild wings and be like, dude, you're thick. You just put down 24 wings. Why don't you come and block? <laughs> like they don't think offensive linemen are important at all because really? dude, in all these Facebook groups, I dude, I toasted some guy. He was talking about Stidham, I think two weeks ago and he goes, good luck to Stidham with this offensive line. That's ranked 20, 23rd in the entire league. And then I just hit him up. I was like, dude, we were missing two of our most important guys. David Andrews, Isaiah Wynn was dead. Marcus Cannon was banged up for like, I think three or four games. And I was like, that's like saying Usain Bolt with a broken ankle is slow. Yeah. <laughs> like that makes no, I was like, that makes no fucking sense what you're saying. Yeah. It, but he I wrote a full paragraph being it, like, good it, luck to Jerry Sidham. Sound absolutely electric, by the way. I need more <laughs> screenshots of these sent. I remember when you were talking about Patriot Reddit groups and you're like, these groups are so stupid and they're firing me up. I was like, just stay off them, man. And then yeah. I joined these face, Facebook groups and I, it's so hard for me not to comment and just roast people. Just light people now. up. You're like, my boy yeah. Cam says that this offensive line's really good. I've, I've like, I've, I've cited you multiple times with some of my giants friends. My giants friends were pissed about Andrew Thomas. I was like, hook cam ever heard of him. He breaks down offensive linemen. He jerks. It's his, it's his porn basically. (laughs) And he's saying this guy is like one of the best offensive linemen. Andrew Thomas is the best offensive lineman in last year's draft. I don't doubt that for a second. Yeah. Andrew Andrew Thomas is absolutely insane. Most pro ready (laughs) tackle I've seen. Well, most priority tackle in this year's draft. I'm sure that there were other ones in previous drafts who I was just as fired up about, but that's weird. Yeah, no, but I mean, it's it's the common fan, you know. They don't know off like but they, I, they don't. like I'm not going to hate on the common fan because I, I never paid attention to like I paid attention to the offensive line, but not as deep as I, I do now. Now that yeah. I talk to you all the time, yeah, because you talk about footwork, you talk about handwork, you talk about pad level, you talk about all these things, and I'm you know I'm a handed dirt guy now. Hey, you are, a you are a grit, grit guy now. Build from the inside Pack out. and dips, black coffee. Black coffee. Wake up in the morning and my hat's got sweat stains all over it. <laughs> that type of guy. 
<laughs> so real question without looking yeah. at the schedule, we know the schedule is really difficult. We yeah. got Cam Newton. We're, we're in real business now with the defense. We've got young <laughs> linebacking core. We got tight yeah. ends coming out of the draft. What are we looking at with a, with a, with a record? I Las I, Vegas has us at nine wins. What are you thinking overall? I think that 12 and four is realistic for this football team. I really do. It, it like, Again, it depends on a lot. If you have the hungry Cam Newton that's been promoted and that bet on himself and that took that contract with minimal guaranteed money, and he comes out and he's like, I'm here to play football, man. I'm a dog. I'm here to eat up yards. I'm here to play football and bring this New England team to to return to its winning ways, not that it ever left – I don't see how 12 wins is ridiculous. I really don't. It's not like this defense got that much worse. This is one of the crazy things to me. Yes, Jamie Collins was absolutely huge. Yes, Kyle Van Noy was absolutely huge. Those are massive losses. But those guys you can replace. Belichick is – how many times do people need to see Bill Belichick go and pick some dude who you know was a high draft pick on somebody else's team or draft a guy – that people don't know about and turn them into high functioning NFL athletes. This defense is not that much worse. They still have the best secondary in football. Their defensive line really didn't lose a lot. And you bring in two dudes off the top of my head right now who I can, I'm telling you they will have an impact. Joshua Shea and Anthony Jennings will have an impact this year on the defensive front. You, You can't sit there and tell me that this defense isn't a championship caliber defense. You can't. Yeah. You know, and you look at the AFC, and it's like Baltimore is going to be tough, absolutely. But you got a lot more athletic on the. You got younger and ath- more athletic on the defensive line. I think Anthony Jennings is an absolute freak athlete. And New England fans, I don't really think are talking about him. Anthony Jennings is insane. His college film, he's chasing running backs down. He's fast as hell. He's huge. He's also a massive human being. Uh, Alabama linebacker, right? Yeah, he's the Alabama edge guy. And uh, like you got Chase Winovich, John Simon, who people don't want to. John Simon chased Lamar Jackson down on a read option to the sidelines. Like not stride for stride with Lamar. Lamar gained like two yards. But John Simon chased Lamar Jackson down. Like most other guys, that's a 12-yard gain. John Simon, it's a two-yard gain. Uh, Like I I don't still unfair with how athletic – like big men are getting at this point. Like yeah, you, you look at our 40 times, remember our 40 times, like yeah. you, you pulled a hammy pulled and um, I ran like a five, I ran like a five, four and these dudes are thick and they're running like some sub five forties. Dude, it, like four eights and how, four sixes. How it's fast crazy. these guys are now is just insane. Like the, the size and how big, how big and fast these dudes are is absolutely crazy. There were some nuts. Dudes, Dude, the the um McKee Beckman, the guy from the, the guy who got drafted by the Jets. Yep. Ran yeah. Like a, a low five sub five forty at like three thirty. No, he, he was way sub five. Wasn't he like a four six or four seven or something crazy? No, no, something no, no. Crazy. That would be let's let's take a look. I'll tell you I'll I'm, we, mixing, we, I'm mixing up things. We can bit. we can edit this. Okay, That's no, you're right, you're right. I think I was impressed because I think he's like 360 and he beat my 40 time by like, I think three or four tenths of a second. He ran a five. But, um, he ran a five eleven forty. He ran a five eleven forty. Okay. Like at six foot seven <laughs> at six foot seven or something three, like three fifty plus this dude is, is hauling ass down the sideline. It's a big boy right there. 
Massive. But dude, 12, 12 wins. Twelve. I, I think crazy? one thing that we need. Tell me if I'm crazy saying that. Because you got to no, remember, no, that's, like, the AFC East, that's a big like, dude. The, the, the Jets, the Bills, the Dolphins. Like, all those teams had problems moving the football, except for the Dolphins in the last game of the season. All and we got to do is get into the playoffs. So that's it. That's And that's the other thing is that it's like this New England team, like they're going to make the playoffs this year with the expanded playoffs. I would be shocked if New England didn't make the playoffs. Shocked. It's just, it's just the schedule. But at the same time, I think there's always surprise seasons for even teams that you expect are going to be very good. Yeah. This, and also, it, I mean, you never know with injuries too. I mean, the injury bug hits some teams. Yeah. You never know. I I think that 12 wins is realistic for this New England team. I think 10 wins is a very easy possibility. And yeah, like I said, it's, yeah, yeah. it's a tough schedule. Don't get me wrong. But you know that Belichick is going into the season with Cam Newton in the locker room, right? With, with these dudes who have been cast aside from the NFL. I've been told you're not going to be good anymore. I've been told that it was all it ran through Brady. No shade, no shade toward Brady by any means, but th- that's what they've been told. That's what the media is pumping right now, and that they've got the hardest schedule in football. Uh, there, there is no other coach and group of like staff in general who is going to have these guys more ready to roll than Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels and Ernie Adams and Jared Mayo and Steve Belichick. They got the best coaching staff in football. Roll. You know. Let me ask you a big question here. Big okay. question here. So. We can kind of reverse time right now. You got Cam Newton. Everybody's excited about his athleticism. Let's hypothetically say that we find out Cam Newton is 100% healthy. He's not going to have any problems this year at all. He's going to be, he's going to be a beast. Tom Brady comes back. He, he, he's got some clause in his contract that says he can terminate at any time. And he yeah. comes back to New England. He says, I, I feel like Cam Newton just stole my, my legacy. I want to come back for a three-year deal. Three-year deal. Oh. Okay. <laughs> what do you do? What do you say to him? You're in charge. Wait, like right now, like before this season? Right, right now, you got, you, got, you got a half hour to make your decision. Tom Brady says, I want to come back for a three-year deal. And some, some genie comes down and says, Cam Newton's going to be healthy for the rest of the year. He's going to be back to where he was before. I'm taking Cam. I'm taking Cam. Wow. We've made the <laughs> 12 made his decision. Brady made his decision. That's the way I would look at it. Now I might be crazy. What would you pick? But we've been dating this girl for 20 years. I and know. She, just, she made a hiccup. She made a hiccup for a couple seconds. Is it the, and she wants to come back? The house is nice. She planted all the flowers in front. It's got a it's got a beautiful look to it. He built the whole house. Well, what do you think? I made my decision. You taking Brady Cam, back? I think you think taking Cam <laughs> if he's healthy. If he's healthy, hundred percent healthy. That's, Cam Newton, MVP. Cam Newton compared to forty-two-year-old Tom Brady. Is he is he thirty-one or thirty-two years old? Something he's like that. Say thirty-one. Thirty-one. He's all right. He's my age. Okay. Me, and Cam. You and Cam, basically same two guy. Pieces of pod. You, Cam. Okay, so Dante Hightower. You, Cam, Dante Hightower walk into an Applebee's. What are you? What are the drinks that they're ordering? Cam's going to be extravagant. He's going to get something like a like a raspberry margarita, okay. or a raspberry type thing. Okay. Me and Dante are going to be more more so on the same page. We're going to be we're blue collar type, you know, just <laughs> whatever beer you got on tap. We're basically the same person. What is that? Course Dante's still my number one. 
Dante still my number. Love Dante Hightower, like a tall beer type guy. <laughs> Got to get him on the show. Put that out there. I've, I've I think I've asked him a couple times. He ignored it. But, Positive energy. But he also responds to messages after I've asked him, so he definitely sees the invitations. Yeah, for sure, hundred percent. We'll get him at some point. What if Dante Hightower is like? Does it have to be Applebee's? <laughs> like the one thing that's holding him up, he's like, he seems like a chill guy, but for some reason he keeps talking about Applebee's. <laughs> if I know Dante at all, he he I think he respects that I say Applebee's more than like some classy place. <laughs> Cause I don't like I don't like dressing up. I want to like throw on a t-shirt, get get a rack of ribs, get a get a bud, you know? Yeah. We're the same, you know, tackle we love hitting people. Yeah. Same same person. We'll fill a gap. We'll fill a gap. You and Dante Hightower. What's that? I got to take on a blocker here? Fine. I'll do it, coach. Man, we both both love stuffing up that A gap. That's nothing (laughs) gets us going better than that. Bring the heat, baby. Bring Bring the the dogs. (laughs) Woo, 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 woo. (laughs) 